Welcome data enthusiasts. We are Zuma, the recruitment consultancy focused 100% on data tech professionals in the Berlin region. And this is our podcast, Data for Good, connecting you with all things data. And today we're joined by Shoyan Falahi. Shoyan is Senior BI Manager, some strong focus in engineering as well, but Senior BI Manager at Gropios. And Gropios, if you don't already know, they design and develop sustainable buildings, helping to save time, cost, and the environment. With their HQ in Vienna, they have a strong presence in Germany and in Berlin, and indeed around 20 people of 20 persons of the data team are in Berlin as well. Shoyan, welcome. Thank you. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, good, good. I'm looking forward to hearing about today's topic, data fabric. Mm-hmm. Give us it give us an introduction to data fabric. Okay, sure. Uh, maybe before that, if you don't mind, I just briefly tell about myself or how did I end up where I am at the moment and working with the data fabric. I'm coming totally, especially yeah. with sorry to interrupt, especially yeah. with the reference to your engineering background and also why data fabric is so relevant to the work that of you course. do. So yeah. Give because, it to me. Because if I want to be very, very honest with you, my career was kind of a, like a buildup, which brought me into this topic of data fabric and where I'm standing. Um, yeah. So basically, I'm coming from uh, like education wise, I'm coming from a lot of management studies, as well as like a little bit of BI, let's say. And then over the course of uh, my working experience, uh, three years after education, I have been like heavily, let's say, worked on the BI field for one of the biggest corporate in Germany, Delivery Hero, for those of you who might know about it. And then, um, yeah, unfortunately, I have been, uh, let's say, witnessing this, um, um, let's say, very complex infrastructure of data which is in big corporates like delivery hero is out there right and then you know i have been there when the challenges of like i don't know incorporating all these data into a report or like making a meaning out of all these scattered information um or like how hard it would be and then that being said um there, I at some point when I was like about to change my career, I have uh, got introduced into this idea of a data fabric, uh, which is supposedly is there to solve this. Um, let's say um, in German they call it Kabelsaladia. It is uh, let's say a mixture of a lot of things which are interconnected, and then you don't necessarily know how to find yourself in it, yeah? And data fabric is supposedly there to solve this problem, yeah? So, yeah, and that's how I ended up um, knowing about data fabric and then joining Gropios. And going back to your original question right now, uh, what is a data fabric? This is basically a harmonized layer of data, basically, as as it is... um, let's say understandable by the name of it. You're trying to uh, tie a fabric out of all these different sources of information that you have instead of um, trying to have silos of information which are totally separate and you cannot really um, uh, interoperably use the information. Hmm. 
and it was yeah yeah it was a data um you've helped to contextualize it for us uh the topics around data management and mm -hmm. yeah like a fabric a layer of data data okay yeah. so in further contextualizing what are the different components of data fabric mm -hmm. Um, yeah, of, of course, from the architecture point of view, you can you can uh, build the data fabric in multiple, let's say, variation. Yeah, you can you can build it in very different ways, right? But then um, let's say that from the perspective of um, uh, data management and then how it is the the information is being tied this is kind of like the interesting thing about it there are not that many components there is only one component because you are trying to build only a single source of truth and only one location where the uh, data is meaningful yeah um, and then you are trying to, so basically there's this single component of the data of course for those of you who might be more techie you are partitioning the data, meaning that when it comes to the storage of it, you're locating it in different location. But then at the same time, there is this one single unit of information, which has um, data, let's say, from the very beginning of your value chain till the very end of your value chain. I try to ties all these information uh, together, which ultimately can provide insight for Mm. every piece of the business yeah mm. so, yeah yeah th thus maximizing the value of data but mm -hmm. I, I would assume that it uh, involves broadly topics like governance data mm -hmm. ingestion mm -hmm. cataloging orchestration all, all mm -hmm. these areas all encompassing of course um, not that not that we have to talk about all of those areas today but yeah okay yeah okay maybe maybe the most um the most relevant part to talk about um like when it comes to this is the is the let's say the two main components of the data fabric for those of you who might be a little bit more interested there is for every let's say um interaction which is happening online or maybe even offline there is this um, row of data. Think about it in the Excel format, yeah? Like when I'm saying that this person had ordered this particular product, for example, online. Um, here, the, the issue with, the, with, the, um, with this information is that a lot of these data is not contextualized. Let's make an example. I'm originally Iranian. By, by just saying this sentence, you're already... Um, having all these information around Iran, it can be about our cuisine, it can be about the politics, it can be about the geographical location and all that, it already comes into your mind, yeah? Because human brain is capable of working with, uh, let's say, or human brain is working in the graph form, right? Not in the, um, let's say, tabular data form, yeah? Like in the Excel form or something. And yeah, all these contexts is something that um, what we are trying to define in the ontology. And that's where like all these contexts about something is coming. For example, like all those background information that you had about Iran is an 
ontology type of information, right? And then there's mm -hmm. going to be like some form of an instant, yeah? Or like a particular piece of information, which is like Cheyenne being Iranian, right? And then you're attaching this instant into all those contexts that you have about the country in your mind, right? And this is exactly what data fabric is supposedly doing via a technology being called knowledge graph. Yeah, mm -hmm. and this knowledge graph basically has, um, let's say the two piece that I told you, ontology and instances. Okay, good. Um, I was gonna ask you this later actually, but to further put it in context, are we are we seeing this in other organizations? Data mesh has been talked about for quite some time now, but do you have some examples of organizations or exciting use cases that have successfully implemented data fabric? Um, of course, like there are like big players in every uh, let's say market or every industry which are um, playing with the same technology. There are already articles about how Uber, for example, is leveraging that. Um, I think, they, if I'm not mistaken, they are using the same technology to find the closest rider to the to the very location where you are um, to come and pick you up, just like a normal deliver, uh, like a pickup car kind of situation, or. Mm -hmm. Kia is uh, using the same technology in order to have like a monitoring from um, the very beginning where like raw material is coming into their system till the very final product is like being delivered to the consumer, right? But um, mm. to be very honest, I think our use cases at um, uh, Gropios are um, by far even the, the most interesting one. I don't know like how how much of time do we have, but maybe I can I can uh, go over one one very interesting one of them for now. Go on. Which is the uh, material tracking. So think about it like this. Um, in any normal or let's say conventional um, construction company, what happens is that you are buying a bunch of material, you're using them over the course of like one or two years that you're building the building. Uh, and then after that, the building is being delivered or in the construction world, they are calling it commissioned, then um, you are having no supervision over all these materials. How long do they last? How are they being used? Are they needing any maintenance or something? So basically what happens is that you are living your life till one of these, let's say pieces of the building is failing. It can be a water pump or a screw on a wall. And then at that moment, the maintenance guy needs to go and fix it versus what happens in the data fabric world. And this is what we are implementing in here at Gropios. We are trying to monitor a material, no matter how big or small that material is, from the very beginning till the very end of our value chain. And by the beginning of our value chain, I'm referring to the very buying material, like raw material. And end of our value chain would be the experience of you living in a home, which is already even partially being, uh, let's say, maintained or being ready for you to use. Yeah. And um, this is very practical because let's imagine that a water pump in the third floor second unit is broken for whatever reason, due to the fact that we have tracked this water pump across its value chain, we know when, 
how many and why or from which supplier did we buy this water pump? How much other water pumps of the same model have been used in the building? So we can simply, without the water pump being broken, go and fix it. So you would have this seamless experience of living while nothing is failing in your apartment or in your building because there is some understanding of when mm -hmm. is it going to be failed or when is it going mm -hmm. to fail? You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah it, it it's a data management concept, but it's also a... A, a management concept of whatever the data is mm -hmm. yeah that's that's powerful stuff very powerful stuff how does data fabric relate to other data management concepts yeah. if you take data lakes and data warehouses as data an warehouse. example yeah so I was, I was trying to explain how human or human brain or let's say human in general is working in this network format. Probably you have heard this famous example of they say that via fifth five connection or seven connection, every person on LinkedIn is going to be connected to uh, Barack Obama. Yeah, yeah. That he used to be the president at, at the time that he was president. You know, it was a famous thing um because human is working in the network format basically um what um what data fabric is trying to do is intentionally trying to stand against the idea of data warehouse or data lake because let's let's break it down what are you doing in the data lake structure you are simply storing all the data into a storage with the hope of one day somebody going and finding some structure who can like who can digest or which can digest this like massive amount of data or like as an opposed like a data warehouse or like all these relational database let's say the conventional uh, way of uh, storing data is trying to store da uh, data into tables which are not necessarily um, let's say self-sustaining or self-content. Simply, if I'm looking at the table of all my orders, you are going to be uh, an ID of a consumer, right? You would be the ID 15367, you know, which doesn't have any meaning. For me to understand who you are, where you are coming from, what was your order about, and all that, I need to check multiple other tables, which is going to which is that very topic that I was initially referring to that, you know, there's this massive uh, like jumps from one table to another one to make meaning versus in the data fabric, you know, by default, at the time that you are being introduced to the system, all these attributes around you of like who you are, what gender do you have, what are the preferences that you have and all that, or can be introduced into the system, right? The same way that I was making that example of like, I'm Iranian and you have already had all those, let's say thoughts or context ar around Iran attached to this. You know, you already know me partially because you had all those contexts, right? This is the exact same idea in the data fabric. So every data is only coming into the system once its context exists in the system, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and yeah so basically it doesn't have any overlap if i want to 
if I want to simplify it. Of course, like a lot of underlying technologies might be the same, but um, the very gist of it would be different in that case. Right. You mentioned the case study of Gropios and mm -hmm. the work you're doing to incorporate data fabric mm -hmm. ideology mm -hmm. or, or systematic work. Mm -hmm. Could you give us more of the potential benefits because uh -huh. there'll be other data leaders that are considering advocating for data fabric across their organizations? If you're mm -hmm. talking about accessibility, governance, quality, what mm -hmm. could be the benefits of data fabric? Um, when you were introducing Gropios, uh, you were um, talking briefly about the sustainability side of our building. Of course, like um, you can go down the path of all these, let's say, simple decisions that we made or relatively simple decisions that we made, which is like, I don't know, our building's being wooden, yeah? Or um, we are trying to work on like all these solar energy topic, which is, let's say, conventional or understandable, yeah? Mm -hmm. Probably there are other industries or other companies which are doing the same thing. But then what Data Fabric uh, is enabling us to do is um, basically, so at... Gropios, we are building a twin for every building, right? And then we're really calling it a digital twin, which is basically the copy of every building digitally, right? Um, in case of you, uh, in case you have watched any of these, like, I don't know, robbery movies, there is this application that the security guard is clicking on one button and all the doors are just like being shown visually closed. I mean, we don't have those visuals, but I mean, we are having a digital version of the building. And then this digital version can have, let's say, multiple pieces. One of them is the Echo Twin, which is basically trying to capture, capture the ecological impact of the building that we have, not only at the time that the building is being used, but also from the very beginning of the value chain. For example, how much of CO2 footprint does this wall that I have in my building have? This CO2 can come from the very beginning of the value chain where you are buying the wood, how you are carrying it into your factory, how you are processing the wood, after that the wood is being processed and being produced into a wall, of course, oversimplifying the process, um, being produced into a wall, the wall needs to be shipped at the construction site. How much of CO2 footprint did you have then? You know, And all that stuff is being monitored, captured, and being stored into a data fabric. You know, And then, of course, like the very beginning, I mean, they say that the first step to solve every problem is to notice the problem. So we are basically capturing those information and we are trying to, uh, let's say, improve from that perspective mm. to, I don't know, be even further sustainable, um, completely get rid of or offsite our CO2 footprint out there and so on. Of course, I can um, tell more about the sustainability perspective, but I think, yeah, probably due to time, I need to mm. keep it. Well, it, clearly it's having a massive impact on decision-making mm -hmm. and that decision-making is around cost efficiencies, sustainability, 
as well. Product life cycle of all the yeah. products that you're using. Yeah, it, it seems uh, endless. This is actually very interesting. You're referring to product life cycle. I'll, I'll, I'll just shortly refer to that as well. If you think about it, like in every every building out there, um, would um, once it is not being used anymore, needs to be demolished. And I simply don't know what happens to the very material which have been taken out of the building. Of course, I assume that there are going to be some efforts into reusing them, but then. I don't know how possible that is. As an oppose, um, I just need to mute myself again. I'm sorry. Yeah, all good. Um, You're in a busy meeting room. Yeah, it, yeah. I don't know. People just want to say hi. Um, yeah, and then um, what we what happens in our side is that not only we track all the material that we use but also because we have the context of the data we know how long this material can be used and what would happen to it afterward either in the nature or like i don't know for that being decomposed in the long run you know so we we even have the possibility to separate it later on once the building mm -hmm. is being demolished and just put the right thing in the right order you know and then just um, manage to manage the life cycle from the sustainability perspective, from the lifetime expectancy better. Yeah. So it is just massive impact on every angle of construction. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I can see if you take construction or you, re you relate data fabric, not only to construction, but to other industry areas. Mm -hmm. Uh, production, the manufacturing line, for example, it kind of gives way to self-service analytics mm -hmm. by, with it being a single source of truth that is transparent throughout mm -hmm. the decision makers across every every level, every um, point in the value chain can mm -hmm. make decisions based on well, yeah, ha having everything in one place. Yeah. Okay. Um, challenges what do you see as the challenges or the risks mm -hmm. so, i'm sure there are some of course of course there are um of course within the past one two years we have then seen this hype around the um, artificial intelligence and in particular llm for those of you who might not know what that is uh, it's large language model. It is basically what um, a lot of these artificial intelligent uh, engines are based based at, yeah, or based on. Simply, they are taking like big amount of text and they're trying to make some meaning out of it, and then that meaning being extracted to in a way that it can generate, let's say, new form of information. Yeah. Um, that being said, of course, like LLM can can be a potential risk for um, data fabric in general because if if um, if I can just like say all these things that I'm saying about a building and then I don't know there is going to be a machine who's going to write it down and then there is going to be another machine who's going to read this thing which is written down 
And then I'm going to go to chat GPT type of equivalent thing and just ask a question of like, okay, what, what where is that in my building? Or what is that? Or like, how long is this thing in here? Or what is this wall made out of? Pro I mean, some people would say that this is a feasible practice. I would say- it Sounds like an, an enabler, not a challenge. In a way, you, you were kind of reading my mind in that sense, right? Because right now, what we are having as an issue with the with the, a lot of these AI engines is that is the precision, basically how accurate is the information that you're providing. And that being said, I don't think that they are where they need to be, at least mm -hmm. when it comes to some topics, yeah. And um, of course, if at any point of time you're, we are managing to produce like super accurate, I would say in the scientific world, 99.9% .9 accurate information, probably, um, yeah, we are going to live in a different world, let's say. In that world, I'm not sure where data fabric would stand. But at least to me, it seems like we are far from that. And mm. at the moment, you're you're kind of right because you can you can use this artificial intelligence to enrich your data fabric or the other way around you can give your data fabric to an, to an artificial intelligence and then you would you would ask questions you would throw questions to your data fabric so instead of you the language that you are using normally to deal with knowledge graphs is Sparkle. So instead of you learning the Sparkle language, you can just simply talk with your chat GPT. And trust me, your chat GPT understand the knowledge graph that we are building like pretty well. Mm, so okay. you can just simply go to chat GPT and be like, how many of these water pumps have I used in the building and where are they located? Just tell me the address of them. And that okay. would, be would give to your maintenance guy. Who's yeah, gonna go okay. that. So that also makes me think of risk then, particularly around security, due to the complexity of data fabric. What mm -hmm. are the potential risks security-wise or otherwise? Mm -hmm. Many. Generally, smart building is a risk, let's say, but then data fabric it, itself as well. Uh, first of all, as the technology is pretty cutting edge, I would say um, um, there are a lot of, let's say, software that you are using, which are not necessarily developed to a good extent, or they're not, they are pretty much in the beginning of their um, lifetime, yeah? Uh, I would say that that should be one uh, one issue from the software engineering perspective. Um, another another risk that I see with this is that um, let's say that this the speed of technology changing within the past 10, 15 years have been so fast that I don't know how long each technology that we are, um, let's say, getting into is gonna um sustain or live yeah mm. and um from that perspective i think data fabric is probably you know, due to the nature of it due to the fact that a lot of the things that we're doing we're doing for the first time is pretty time consuming so you're putting a lot of time into something that you're not sure how long is gonna is it gonna survive so it is you you see what i mean it yeah. is it is somewhat yeah like, the, the, well there's a cost risk Massively uh -huh. there.
Sure. Okay, well, we've spoken mostly about the benefits and not as much about the risks. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would encourage people to, you know, do their own research, whether it be individual contributors or data leaders. Are there any in your research and your striving for adoption of data fabric, are there any resources that you would recommend data professionals look into to learn more? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, generally there are uh, a lot of resources online, uh, as long as you are searching on keywords like semantic web, you are searching on data fabric as of the topic itself, knowledge graph, for those who are like even, they want to be even further down into the technology, ontology, um, uh, triple patterns, you know, these are going to be all, all the, let's say, the topics that uh, you are interested about let's say in the field mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um i think this is already um um this is already somewhat connect connected to the former question that you were asking about the risk as well if if you remember part of my answer was that the the technologies in a lot of senses underdeveloped and i mean resources are under the meaning that if you really want to learn about the technology versus data warehouse, learning about data warehouse, which is this old form of the same idea, um, the amount of resources that you have is like not comparable for one you mm. billions of pages online only. For one, you are struggling to find, I don't know, something so which works. Yeah. It, so it's it seems that we need a single source of truth on data fabric uh -huh. <laughs> okay so perhaps advise caution but there mm -hmm. are certain google searches or there mm -hmm. are myriad google searches around semantics knowledge graph ontology mm -hmm. triple patterns that would be that would serve to be useful mm -hmm. other data leaders then what advice would you give to them or organizations that are considering implementing as gradual as the process would be they're mm -hmm. considering implementing data fabric what mm -hmm. advice would you give to them i would say um it is going to be very important that you know it is meaningful for you to use such high-tech technology because you don't want to overkill it right a lot of let's say that if you were one of these conventional construction company who is just wanting to just make some financial analysis on like how much does a building cost or like how long did it take for us to build this building probably we wouldn't need such a high tech uh, solution for this um so if you're putting that much of effort into this we need to make sure that it is actually beneficial for us so maybe that's one one caution that um is relevant to be mentioned um and then yeah i would say that's 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 the main thing because yeah i don't consider if it's a real value add to the business Again, yeah the cost of implementation and maybe mm -hmm. the education around uh -huh. the implementation as well yeah okay very good and of course like yeah se security risk as well because here's the thing like once you are having this single source of truth like of course that is becoming the most important asset of you right 
because everything that you know is there every knowledge that you have is there. yeah and if somebody's accessing it is accessing your everything yeah okay so solid robust data security and data, data encryption security. as True. well as data education as well as um i guess evaluating whether mm -hmm. the business needs it and they need it now mm -hmm. uh, it strikes me that the more complex businesses that are investing in the future mm -hmm. would do well to invest in data fabric hmm. okay Shreyan, you named it. You Time named is, it. Of, the is of the essence. Thank you very much for today. And I'll leave it there for now. Um, unfortunately, I have lost your voice. Uh, do you still hear me? Yes, I do. Okay, I do hear you as well. Would you please repeat your question? Um, it was more of a conclusionary statement. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening, listeners. Thanks for your massive input on this topic of data fabric today, Shoyan. And I look forward to uh, seeing you and talking about this as it evolves. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks a lot for inviting me. It was, it was of course, a pleasure to um, talk about this. I'm, I'm personally very much passionate about the topic, especially because I believe that um, this is going to be the future of our data storage, or or let's say that in the future, a, a lot more people are going to move toward this technology. So I'm very much passionate about it. And yeah. Interesting. Okay. I'm looking forward to more conversation around the same topic. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's perhaps review in 12 months, see where we're at. Sure. Cool. Pleasure. Cheers, See you next time.